0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're completely free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their site's Ours we give to you, freetalklive.com. We'll take your calls about absolutely anything. That is the point of the program. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. Uh, We'll we'll start out tonight with a a soapbox episode. We have this uh, new phone line that we've set up. It's, It's basically a voicemail line. And it allows you to leave a message if you are not able to, for whatever reason, call the show live. That's the best way to get on the air on this program. But you can leave a message and, you know, go on a rant or comment on something that we've said on the air, ask a question, you know, whatever it is that you think might be worthy of putting on the radio and most of you probably aren't going to get on just because it's a caller-based show and we just don't have much time to play these things. But now and then, we'll share them with you. You can call the Soapbox anytime, 24 hours, day or night, at 603-722-0AMP. That's 603-722-0AMP. that'll get you through to the soapbox. And like a real soapbox, sometimes people will listen, sometimes they won't, in that sometimes we'll put it on the air and sometimes we won't. So we'll start out with one of those and then maybe go to an email or two and, of course, take your calls about absolutely anything. Here is this very, very important soapbox question.
1: This is Private from Private City, USA. I'm a free theater. just wanted to say that today I got two things in the mail. One from the Republicans, one from the Democrats, and it was both uh, propaganda to fill it out, whether or not that you wanted health care, and there are different views. And I wiped both of them in my dad's coup and sent them back via U.S. mail. I just want to know if I'm going to have trouble
2: or not. Thanks.
0: Well, what do you think, Mark? Is he going to have trouble? No. I don't think so. Odds are good that whatever it is you sent back didn't have your name on it, I am, I imagine. Um, if it did have your name on it, then maybe something could come out of that, but it doesn't seem very likely because there'd be no way to prove that it was you that actually wiped the poo on those things. For all they know, it was a the mail carrier that, uh, that wiped the poo. One of the things you might want to do if you're going to be wiping poo on political uh, propaganda is to drop it in one of those blue mailboxes. That way, it's not coming actually out of your house, so someone can actually specifically say, like the postal carrier can can know that you're doing this kind of nasty stuff. I don't I don't know if the poor postal carriers, even though they are government bureaucrats, really deserve to have to to have to deal with that necessarily. So they didn't send it out. They didn't send it out. The postal, oh, the postal right, carriers, right? But but they have to carry it around, uh, and they're they, probably the only ones that are really going to deal with it. I mean, come on. Yeah, that
2: in the mail mailroom, people.
0: Yeah, do you think that's going to actually make it to the delivery point is is something with poo wiped on it actually going to end up making it to where you've sent it. Seems really unlikely to me. But on the other hand, uh, just kind of outside of the poo aspect of this, which I understand and I don't oh, I can't yeah. say I blame the guy. Yeah. Um but on the other side of that, actually dropping business reply cards in the mail, which may have been what this is, the the big parties, I don't know this. I don't really get stuff from them. Uh, do you, Mark, do you get anything from the I get it
2: from uh, local politicians. I'm on some list or another for the Republicans, and I believe my wife is on some list for the Democrats.
0: Well, I know that with uh, the Libertarian Party, I recall there was some business reply mail that they have where if – I'm sure you've seen this stuff. Uh, you put something in the business reply mail envelope, and it says that you don't have to put postage on it. You can just yeah. send it, and essentially it's kind of like the business pays when they receive that mail, as, as I understand it. Yes. So it's like a toll-free line except for mail, basically, so you don't have to pay to send whatever it is you're sending back in. If the Republicans or Democrats were to send you some business reply mail, not even filling it out, just dropping that back in the mail, it's going to cost them $0.40 cents or $0.30 cents or whatever their bulk rate is. But don't the,
2: the the politicians themselves get uh, – the, the incumbents get free mail, though, right? That's true,
0: but he didn't say it came from a politician. No, he he said it came from the, the Republican and Democrat parties. It,
2: well, he said from the Republicans and from the Democrats – so, OK,
0: you know. well, but he didn't say it was a, it was a candidate, uh, but you're but it right could very well be. I understand that, Mark. What you're saying is that candidates get free mail. You are yeah. correct about that. Well, no, um,
2: um, incumbent
0: candidates. Get free thank you. Mail. Yes. Incumbent candidates get free mail. You are correct about that. I doubt they would be really campaigning this early out. I don't know what I don't know how far in advance of the, the uh, political election that those incumbents can actually get the free mail option. Uh, So I'm not sure what all the rules are there. But either way, if you get business reply mail, whoever it is that you are replying to has to pay that bill. And if it's coming from a political party, then... Drop it right back in the mail. At the very least, it'll cost them 30-something cents or whatever the bulk rate is and doesn't really cost you much time, but just walk out to your mailbox and, and put that sucker back out there, I suppose. Or write them a nasty message and drop that in the mail. But wiping poo is just going to upset your, your postal delivery person. And I know they're government bureaucrats, but they're the kind of government bureaucrats that are just, you know, they they're just dro- they just have a job and they're looking to uh, to get a paycheck. And they're, they're some of the... They're the least of, some of the least offensive, I guess, uh, of the government bureaucrats, the people that are actually walking the, the, the routes, dropping mail off at the, the street level. I'm also
2: of the opinion that we're going to um, uh, you know, win, this, uh, win the hearts and minds through love, not through hate. And the poo wiping thing. I, although I must say, I understand where he's coming from, and I, and and maybe this, uh, you know, certainly this is political propaganda is is good for nothing but poo wiping. But yeah. um, you know that that's not the way it's going to show up to the people that we have to convince. You know, the people whose whose hearts and minds we have to convince. Um, you know, have to have to win. And I don't think that that's the way to go about it. I don't recommend it.
0: The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, but can you get in trouble for actually wiping something uh, in your dog's poo and sending that through the mail? I have no idea. Maybe you have an answer for that. At 800-259-9231, I think he said his name was Private from Private USA or something like that. Obviously, uh, somebody who does not want to reveal anything. We'll go to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Uh, good evening. Hey.
3: No, it was very funny hearing the excremental sort of uh, philosophical, <laughs> political uh, uh, I guess, discourse of protest, but I think you're much better off if you use, let's say, uh animal, uh, like a dog or a cat poo, uh, because they can never trace the DNA. Yeah, that's Oh, true. that's what he did. They he wiped it in
4: his
0: dog's poo.
3: And also with this uh, notion of uh, heightened terrorism alert, I think that would become a biological uh, oh, yeah. weapon, which, which, could, which could actually come under the Patriot Act and the Homeland Security Act. And
0: you are a thinker, Frank, and I appreciate you bringing that up. You're absolutely right. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the federal government but to leave it. You know what?
3: You're, you guys are too young to remember, but when the uh, CIA's little comic book was published by the Grove Press regarding how to overthrow these Sandinistas, they had a section where they have diagrams because a lot of the people... Uh, in a sense, were, you know, uh, not literate. So they had, like, cartoons what to do. And one was to take your uh, feces and, like, dump them in, uh, you know, a water area, like a reservoir or something. Then it becomes a biological uh, uh, weapon and a health hazard. And they had everything, all sorts of nasty things to do. And that was thanks to the U.S. taxpayers that (laughs) uh, paid for that. And uh, the Grove Press published the book in, I believe, – 1983 or 1984. And, um, you know, it's sort of our tax dollars at work. And I always say, uh, when you do things like that, it comes back to bite you on the uh, uh, gluteus
0: maximus. So and certainly, <laughs> yeah. Well, when you, when you, may.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Frank, yeah, so what you're saying is when you kind of take revenge on people that karma comes back around?
3: Yeah, I mean I mean I'm going to be very honest. I mean that that book uh under you know the Homeland Security Act and the Patriot Act is a violation of uh law and it would define those that had it or uh created it as terrorists and that that's what I always said about the CIA under the definition of terrorism in the Homeland Security Act, the Military Commissions Act of 2006 and the Patriot Act, the only uh agency uh, that fulfills all the requirements for terrorism is the CIA well and the US actually government.
0: actually right the the entire us government Correct. really uh, fills fulfills your requirements because the definition of terrorism is the use of violence and threats to intimidate or coerce, Absolutely. especially especially Absolutely. for political purposes. Thanks, Frank, for the call. Always appreciate okay. it 800-259-9231. <laughs> so oh come on. Now. Love uh, it. I love it. I, it is, great. It, it is beats the, great.
2: it beats the heck out of my tittering laugh.
0: Uh, so so Frank's suggesting here that a dog poo wiped uh, political paper that you've sent through the mail could be considered a biological weapon. You never know these days. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Hey, podcasters.
2: FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that, Fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets fifty bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. Five hundred bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right hand corner, fill out the online form, earn
0: FTL fifty bucks. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. That is facebook.freetalklive.com. And, of course, enjoy the full Free Talk Live website all for free at freetalklive.com. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? Well, you should. He has five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to frontsite.com for your training and free gun. That's frontsite.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about what you want, Craig is in Kentucky. Craig, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark.
5: How are you all doing tonight?
0: Craig, great. What's on your mind?
5: Um health care reform uh, okay there there must be some type of health care to reform and here now this is from my own personal experience. two times I've been to the doctor, I've been in the hospital one time for a heart related problem, and they give me an internal specialist instead of a cardiologist
0: what what's an internal specialist?
5: An internalist? I mean, he's a, he's an internal a specialist doctor. He's a, he's a, I guess it's a, just a, ever what an internalist does, but I mean, he's not a cardiologist. Okay. That was the problem I had. I, I can't be specific about his job because I don't want to sure. tell you something that may not be correct. All right. And um, this was at a local hospital, and uh, the uh, other time was at a hospital in uh Another city in the state, and I went underwent a procedure for a uh, heart related problem. It was a cardiac cath, and now I've got problems resulting from that. Oh dear! And I can't even, I can't, I can't even get anybody to talk to me about resolving the situation. Uh, and the reason I bring this up, if there's no standard of care. If there's no standard of care, I mean, what, what what are we going to do? We're not going to be able to make it to a health care reform.
0: Well, I guess I'm a little confused. When you say standard of care, what are you talking about?
5: I mean the standard provided. There should be a standard or a minimum level of care that a doctor provides.
0: So you feel like when you went in to get the, uh, the treatment that you weren't given what you had expected to receive and were pretty put off by that?
5: Absolutely. Now, were you paying a,
0: cash, or were you an insurance co- client, or were you on welfare?
5: No, sir. I, I've got. I'm, I'm on a disability. Okay. I'm, I am on a disability, but I pay. I pay out of pocket expenses too. I pay. I also pay cash.
0: Okay, as far as standards are concerned, I would love to have somebody who is in the medical industry maybe call in and talk about that. I imagine that as as in a lot of industries, there are standards that do exist, uh, but clearly just because there are standards doesn't mean that you will always be satisfied with the level of uh, service that you receive. Are you suggesting uh, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'm just asking for clarification. Are you suggesting that the government should set those standards?
5: Um, no, I'm not suggesting that at all, but I am suggesting when you go to the doctor that they should they should provide, provide adequate health care. <laughs> I am suggesting that because, listen, it's going to cost me more money, and it's going to cost them more money. When you go to the doctor, if they'll provide service, if they'll provide adequate service, then you can take care of the problem when you go instead of coming home and having to go back to another doctor. See that's that's double trouble for everybody.
0: Yeah, it's got to be frustrating. We I think we've had somebody call about this before, where you go into the doctor, you expect to get some sort of diagnosis and maybe get a fix for your problem, hopefully. But if they don't solve your issue, if they don't know what to diagnose you as, you usually still have to pay them for not knowing anything. And yeah. I can I can see that that would be pretty frustrating.
5: Well, that you know, that's not the whole deal. The problem is, if you go to the hospital and your pulse rate is down is thirty nine, and that's what mine was thirty nine. I had chest pain. I was admitted to the hospital with chest pain and a pulse rate of thirty nine. And then they don't let you see a cardiologist, and they have cardiologists on staff. It's weird. I mean, that, that's my problem. And 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 also, I contacted lawyers about this. And I
0: was going to say, what about a lawsuit?
5: Nobody will even talk to me. Hmm. Wow, and 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 look, look, I have a problem with this. And here's my problem: if uh, there's no redress of grievances anymore, now listen, somebody could sue me and probably destroy me, and that would be fine. Mm-hmm. But when I try to seek some type of redress of grievance, nothing.
0: There's nothing to be and, found. And I'm yeah. upset.
5: I'm, I tell you, I'm upset
1: about
2: this. Yeah, it's, I don't blame you. It, it just, I mean, you know, the government has made it so the big businesses are very insulated from. Uh, you know lawsuits, the, the way the judicial system's set up, and uh, the way the you know the, the corporations are protect everybody. It's, it's very difficult.
5: Yeah, and I, you know, and I hate to bring I hate to bring this up as far as myself because I don't want to seem selfish, but if any, any, everybody should understand that this if this is not happening in your area, it's soon to happen.
0: Well, and, and the, the healthcare it. system is a mess. And you've experienced, obviously, some of the more broken aspects of it. Some of it still functions. Obviously, people are still getting some level of health care, but they're paying through the nose for it. And, you know, the question, of course, becomes, well, how do you help? How can uh, Craig's situation be remedied? How can something happen with your situation, Craig, that can make things better? And I don't know the answer to that. Like you said, you've talked to lawyers; they don't want to take the case. You'd think that uh, a lawyer would be all over, you know, some sort of malfeasance uh, possibility with uh, dealing with doctors because there's definitely money there for them to go after. So very strange that they, you know, that they didn't want. Did the, did the lawyers give you reasoning for why they didn't want to well, touch it?
5: They didn't They didn't even want to talk to me, but the reason they didn't want to touch it is because of these these big corporations. I mean that, that's what it is. We've been taken over by corporations here in Kentucky, and I'm going to say it, I don't care what they say. They've taken over, they've got their representatives at Frankfurt. It's not the people's representatives anymore. It's the corporations' representatives.
0: Well, that may be an accurate statement, but I don't know if the people were ever represented because I don't think that's possible. I don't think it's possible for – I mean, even in the absence of corporations, I don't think that it's possible for one person to represent more than themselves or perhaps one other person accurately. I think that once you get three people in the same room trying to get someone to represent them on things, then you're going to have, uh, you know, internist in conflicts that uh, are just not going to be resolvable, at at least in many cases.
5: Well, that's that's true. I agree with you. And um, it's just going to get worse. I don't see it getting any better. I really don't. Well, so certainly not with I this problem.
0: government around. It's not going to get better. I mean, as you say, uh the, well the proposals that are on the table, whether it's from the Republicans or the Democrats are not going to make things better. Uh they're just going to increase the government's control over the industry and uh, and that's going to entrench those corporations even further. And the and the corporations love government. Uh the corporations exist at the pleasure of government. A corporation is a creation of the government, with the exception, of course, for the corporation known as the government. Uh, but, the, you know, the corporations are basically the government's little, uh, little servants. And also, kind of in the in a back, it's sort of a, a reverse fashion, uh, the government is a servant of the corporations. The ones that are the most influential. The ones what? that are giving campaign
2: contributions and paying the lobbyists. It's a government by the lobbyists for the lobbyists.
0: I wish I had good news for you, Craig. I thank you for the call. And the only thing I can say is we... If we want better health care in America, we have to get rid of the federal government. Really. No. At the very least, get them out of our health care. Right. You might as well get rid of them because both of those tasks are pretty monumental. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Mm
6: Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the Cycle CAI toll free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have a bulletin board system, uh it's a, it's a forum that you can utilize it's totally free. Just go there and enjoy over 490,000 posts. It's all there for you at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com.
2: And Free Talk Live has joined up with Midas Resources, uh, our syndicator, uh, GCN, um, and to offer you gold and silver at greatly reduced prices. All you have to do is go to gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com. And we have several choices that I have picked out personally as what what I consider to be uh good starter coins, you don't have to know a lot about numismatics in order to to get these these are these are the idea here is to get into your hand gold and silver, not uh collector's coins go to gold freetalklive com
0: let's continue taking your calls about anything and go to Don listening in Pennsylvania to a micro station somewhere out there Don you're on free talk live. <laughs>
7: Hey, I love the show. Thank you for having me
0: on. Thanks, Don. Where um, in Pennsylvania are you, if I might ask?
7: Uh, I'm in northwestern Pennsylvania, okay, uh, a cool. little town called Meadville.
0: Great, great. All right, so what's on your yeah. mind tonight?
7: Okay, well, in a way, it's a couple of things. Uh, one is on health care. I can bring that up second. You. But uh, you mentioned the existence of corporations, okay? The the corporation in and of itself is not the enemy here. It's just the crooked people that, that mess around with corporations and, and pull financial fraud and, You know, black hat cheating tactics with with corporations. The corporation itself is just a business tool. It's like saying cars are evil because people drink and drive.
0: Well, sure. You're you're right about that. A corporation isn't anything more than a file folder. That's really all it is. It's nothing more than a concept. But point of information: the point of a corporation is usually to limit liability. It's usually to protect uh, the individuals who are creating that corporation from the consequences of the actions of their business. Well, to some
2: extent, but um, it's also the it's protect them from just the judicial system, which in and of itself is tyrannical and and bent towards the of people who have money and people who don't um I, I you know i've i've heard in the past uh you know somebody made a, a statement about uh, the injustice of the oj simpson uh, trial back a decade ago and and to me and i said no the system worked exactly as it was supposed to it protected the rich person over the person who didn't have as much money that's what the system's for
7: hmm. it seems that way yeah now um on the healthcare care issue you guys know that um they're they're not going to listen to us, people, as far as what they're doing uh, with their agenda on the healthcare issue. But you know, it may also be a distracting tactic to the to the Copenhagen Treaty that's going on right now. What's that? Have you heard of that?
0: I've not. No. Fill me in. The
7: Copenhagen Treaty is is a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Just a uh, YouTube. Uh, do a YouTube search for Copenhagen Treaty, and
0: give me the rundown for the all of our listeners. That that don't. Give me the rundown for listeners that don't have the internet. Give me the executive summary. What what is it?
7: Uh, the Copenhagen Treaty is basically the world government that will uh, uh, repeal the Constitution. We can't rescind it later. Future generations can't rescind it. It's all via environmentalism, and it's hmm. going to pretty much be a nightmare where uh, we, we've lost our sovereignty this coming December. Well, it's you... really something that must be stopped. <laughs> what
0: sovereignty did you have right now? I mean, really? Oh, okay. You... Yeah, well, I have my personal
7: sovereignty, bro. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm all I'm always in favor that.
0: of personal sovereignty, too, and I support that. So my question is, uh, a lot of people out there are very obedient to the federal government because they're afraid. You know, they're they're afraid yep. that the IRS is going to come after them if they stop paying taxes. I think people that are not satisfied with uh, the federal government should stop paying taxes personally. I think that if enough people did it, they wouldn't be able to lock everybody up. But that aside, yep. uh, are you somebody who pays federal taxes? You want me to
7: say that on air? We
0: don't know who you are. It's up to you. Oh,
7: okay. Well, no, I don't.
0: Okay, I don't either. Just
7: so you know. Right. I, I don't um, either, and I, I, I do so legally. I, I don't pay them by law.
0: Well, I don't know if it's legal or not. I don't really care what their laws okay. say. I just don't. You know, I don't want to pay for for criminal activity. I don't want to pay for killing people around the world. I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, pay uh, for for extortion and violence. And that's what the government does best. I, um, but I hear my you. question that's is, why I what, like your show. What do you think about? Um, the idea of these, these docile, obedient Americans that do pay taxes. Do you think that if this Copenhagen Treaty actually creates a world government, I'm just taking you at your word, obviously I've done no research into it, but let's presume it creates some sort of world government, and the, uh, you know, the, they, they start collecting taxes or attempt to collect taxes from the American people. Do you think that, that uh, these, uh, the, a lot of Americans that talk a good game about uh, being opposed to taxes will actually stop paying taxes if something like that were to occur?
7: I'm glad you brought that up because the way they're going to bring in their taxes with the Copenhagen Treaty and such is going to be through – a lot of it's going to be through what you purchase. So it's going to be really hard to eat and not pay that tax. Oh,
0: man,
8: that's insidious.
0: That's insidious.
7: Huh? That's oh, insidious. Yeah, it's, it's so it's very, going to be like
0: a value-added tax or, or whatever they call it. I,
7: I believe so. Yes. Now I don't know all the terms. I'm no economist to this, this, this But <laughs>
0: the value-added um, tax is a nasty. It's just a nasty term because it makes it sound like taxes somehow add value, but it's of course nonsense. Uh, yep. What What the value-added tax is is very European-style tax where at every level of the production process. Essentially, every time a product leaves one company and is purchased by another, so you know if you've got a tree manufacturer or a tree uh, tree growing company that sells their their trees to or their pulp to a paper company, you know, at that level, that first sale, it's tax. The value added tax is added in there, and then if the paper company sells its paper to a wholesaler, the value added tax gets added right. in again, and every step through the uh, the business. Uh, I guess the phase of the cycle is not the right term of but. any the growth phase of any given product that's being manufactured. They add that in, and that you're right. That would be an insidious way for them to uh, to implement such a tax, and then it would really be on the the American businessmen who are also a very docile, obedient group. Uh, to oh, yeah. actually not collect the VAT tax, because if if, they, if well, businessmen wouldn't be collectors for the federal government, or in this case a world government, then they would be completely uh, unable to, uh, to accomplish what they're doing.
7: Well, now, we business people have done it for all this time, through all these decades of conditioning, keep all that in mind. We business people have done it pretty much to, in the past, to pay off the government thugs, to keep them off of our backs, so right. we pay a little bit of a uh, tax to keep them out of our hair. And we could operate our business, make our profit, and hopefully prosper. Um, So, again, it's not us business people that are screwing this country. We business people are the ones that are – we're just folks out here like all all the rest of your listeners. We're just people. um, You're scared. It's it's not business. It's not prosperity and wealth that's the enemy here. It's just – No, no. Hey, 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 Don. Don,
0: I wasn't saying that you're the enemy for doing that. What I'm saying is that business people and anybody that's being obedient to the state, whether you're a business person or an individual or whatever, the obedience is the problem. It's abetting. Um, it, it, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's <laughs> if you're giving uh,
2: money to an organiz- a criminal organization, I mean, you're abetting them. And yep. you may do it because you don't want to, which is why I pay income taxes. I'm scared to death that they're going to come after me and take me away from my family. Um, and, you know, with an 18-month-old... The only one working, it doesn't seem like the right thing to do right now. But
0: 18 month old is the only one working? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've got his little butt out there. He's mowing Shot grass. all right hey don hey tell me a little bit about the station you're listening on because i i I love uh pirate radio stations and it's always nice to hear that we're on them uh so are we you mentioned that you've listened to the show before so how often are we on up there in midville i've
7: listened to you guys for well, probably as long as you've been on you've been on this station i'd say probably what three or four years now however long you've been on i've I've listened to you since you began so six nights Um, a week
0: they've got us on huh
7: uh, just about every night that you're on, yeah, I've, I've managed to catch a little bit of your show at least. Um, it's a little, pir- uh, I don't want to say pirate station, a little micro station. It's it's a community. fella up in the area here who's had—he's so, butted heads with the federal government, and he refuses to back down. He's a really good man.
0: Wait, uh, so he he's butted heads over the radio issue? Has it been the FCC he's butted heads with?
7: Uh, minorly, it's mostly been over firearms. I see. And, uh, you know, he's a courageous man. A lot of us. He's, he's, a, he's a Siamese cousin to a lot of us around here. Well, good for uh, him. He's a really good guy, and I'm not going to say his name because no, I don't want to don't, in trouble. No, please, but, please uh, don't.
0: But uh, just always nice to him. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a little fascinated he, with that sort of thing. You can have
2: him email Ian at Ian at Freetalklive. dot com. He does love pirate radio stations. Yeah, I, you know, I'll or add micro, him to my list of affiliates. Micro,
0: um, extra yeah. part 15 <laughs> stations. Community stations. <laughs> Community stations. Well,
7: then this guy would end up a hero of yours, I tell you, because he's quite, he's quite. A, there's a movie in his life.
0: Anybody that goes, anybody that is willing to stand up to the violence of the state, whether it's running mm-hmm. a pirate radio station or refusing to pay taxes or refusing to obey or refusing to pay some sort of fine, they're heroes of mine. And I thank you, Don, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Even if I don't know who they are, they're heroic. 800-259-9231 because I wish more people would find that level of courage. I wish you would find it, uh, Mark, and I wish more people who have families and things like that would find it and stand up and say, I have a family, and to hell with this. I'm not going to support this violent federal government with my family's money. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live.
6: In an ancient time, in a land where the fates of mortals were determined by gods, only one man had the courage to defy them all. Fear nothing, and let's show death and the gods alike that we're the ones to be afraid of. Odysseus the Rebel, coming this October from Big Head Press. Pre-order the graphic novel for only $12.95. Visit ComicShopLocator.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other fine booksellers.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI 800-259-9231. That's, again, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'll tell you more about them here in a little bit. Again, 1-800-259-9231. And audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000
2: downloadable audiobooks. Most of them are Unabridged. Uh, I'm, I I couldn't tell you whether they all are. There's sixty thousand of them after all, but uh, many of them are, are you know the big time new releases. These aren't obscure authors or anything like that. So if you've been you know seeing books advertised or in, been in some bookstores, here's an opportunity to get a free audiobook. Try out the experience of listening to an unabridged audiobook and get it for free at audiblepodcast.com/ftl. That's the way you get the free one, is that slash FTL on the end, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All
0: right, so we continue here taking your phone calls. We go to Jeremy listening to KBYO in Louisiana. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live.
9: Hi, hey. good to be with you.
0: Indeed, sir. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, here in
9: north-central Louisiana, we have a, uh, a new sheriff in LaSalle Parish, which you may remember from... A couple years back, with Gina, the Gina Six, that, it's that area. Huh. In Louisiana. I,
2: I remember the Gina Six, but what I remember from Lasalle is that a Cadillac made uh, a Cadillac made a Lasalle.
9: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs> so
9: uh, well, I mean, it's a it's a very rural parish. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good people in this parish, but the sheriff has put out a full page ad in the, the local newspaper, and he's telling every one of the constituency that this outlaw biker gang is coming into town and they're going to do have drug trade going on. He's made a coalition between all of the local uh, city police departments, the sheriff's office, everything down there, that if they're putting it out that if you're an outlaw biker and you come through town, you will be stopped. You will uh, be arrested uh, just Pretty much carte blanche. Unfortunately, their uh, definition of an outlaw biker is pretty much anything from your standard what you think of as a, you know, an outlaw biker down to a Harley Owners Group rich urban biker. Mm. If you've got patches on your jacket, you're an outlaw biker. <laughs> if you're on a Harley or if you're on even a Harley clone like a Honda and it looks a certain way, you will wow. be harassed. You'll be pulled over. You will have an illegal search. Uh, they will hold you. Uh, if they find anything, I think one of the guys uh, that come through that was was a patch holder, but he's not an outlaw biker. He's just a member of a club that Jeez. has never been on the ATS radar or anything like that. He had a joint on him. They locked him up for three to four days mm. over the weekend and on, didn't get out until Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh the person that was riding with him had his diabetic, uh, his emergency diabetic pen. They actually seized that. They uh, said that he had an intravenous drug.
0: Oh my they gosh! Put that,
9: yeah, they they put that out in the paper, and it's pretty much the bikers are the boogeymen, and yeah. we're gonna clean this up. He's trying. He's very young. He's trying to make a name for himself. Mm. Uh, the advocacy group uh, here in Louisiana and and pretty much all over the country abate. Is is planning some things. They've tried to respond back to the allegations and kind of give a point in the local newspaper in LaSalle Parish. Unfortunately, the local sheriff, the the sheriff is doing all of this. His family owns the newspaper, <laughs> so there is no
0: oh the good old no boys the good side. old boys network is alive and well in America, huh? Pretty much, yes. Oh, that's frustrating. Now, where what was the uh, the county this was LaSalle. in LaSalle? LaSalle. LaSalle Parish. La do y'all have Do y'all have counties in Louisiana?
9: No, sir. We are Napoleonic law. We are parishes.
0: Parishes. Now, how is a parish? I'm sorry to get distracted here. I'm just curious. I don't think most people know this. How I, are How are a parishes parish different is, from counties?
9: It's really not. Uh, it's just we are old French. I mean, we are still on, under Napoleonic law. There are some oddness with state law in Louisiana as far as elections and everything else, that if you move here, it'll take you five years before you can actually understand it.
10: Okay. <laughs> but,
9: so we we have parishes. Uh, so it's just another name it's, for it's much, a county. Right. So. We have a parish seat. We have this, that, and the other. And there's Police juries, and I'm not going to get into the whole civics lesson, but it's It's pretty much effectively the same thing.
0: So, the it has has nothing
9: to do with the old uh, uh, parochial or Catholic system. Uh, It's just, it's pretty much a county.
0: So, let me see if I've understood you so far. You've got a brand new sheriff. He's a fairly young guy. He's trying to act all tough, uh, tough on crime, et cetera, et cetera. And so, he's decided to target anybody that looks like a biker uh, that is on a, you know, presumably riding a motorcycle and looks, you know, rough and tumble as some bikers tend to. Um, uh, we've got patches on the jacket. That's good enough to pull. Just because you're a biker is probably going to be good enough to uh, to pull you over, harass you, illegally search you, and then you know, take you to jail is what they want to do. They want to fill the uh, the cold cells with warm bodies. That's what uh, the police are out there looking to uh, to accomplish. You're trying to get the word out in the local newspaper, but it turns out his family owns the uh, the local newspaper. So, am I right so far with uh, understanding what you? That is, that is that is pretty much the long and short of so it. So uh, here's
2: what disturbs me the most about it, is that the, the good people of LaSalle Parish decided it was a good idea to elect the son of the person who owns the newspaper to the
0: sheriff. Well, who was the other choice?
9: Uh, probably nobody. Oh, I really? That's... I'm not from LaSalle Parish, but, I mean, we're very spread out. If you're in Louisiana, you may drive 100 to 150 miles a day, you know, just going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's. It's not I mean you have to drive to work. I actually commute forty miles in myself and I do a ninety mile trip day just because and I'm out in the big middle of nowhere. Gotcha. But um the big thing with that is is previously prior to this, maybe by about four months, apparently he's trying to claim that he's a victim of his own success as well. He did a huge drug sweep. I mean huge. Uh early morning raids. He was on all the news channels, uh as far as local news, he had them actually embedded, if you will. They came with, had, you know, shots of him going in, you know, hands-on sure individuals in his probably late to early, late 20s, early 30s. Um, he's very young.
0: Sounds like a young and, Joe Arpaio. Yeah does he
2: have Does he have uh, gold braids on his uh, uh, petulates and uh, you know wear like a, a, a general patent uh, <laughs> hat? I mean, and, and and carry a riding crop? I mean, this guy sounds he's like he's glorifying.
0: pretty full of himself. Yeah, he's glorifying himself.
9: But he does. Yeah, so he does evoke imagery of so standing tall. He wants to be Buford Pusser. I mean, it's pretty much there. I mean, hmm. I'm just expecting him to be showing up with a, like an axe handle or something. But he made a big grandstand about how he had rid. The whole parish of the drug problem.
0: Nonsense. Nonsense. Now,
9: but but here's the thing. Now there's this vacuum. There's this power vacuum. And these big, bad bikers are going to be coming in. So we need to do roadblocks. We need the... I mean, I've...
0: Wow. You know, That's people scary. People that
9: are just weekend riders that, you know, can't, can't even hardly i mean they, they they won't even go to like a hooter's bike night or anything like that you
0: want you know so one of the they, most disturbing things about this situation and and like you say you don't even live in uh, LaSalle county but uh, one of the most disturbing things is that in a lot of cases, lawyers are too chicken-esque to go up against these police departments because they're afraid you – know, some lawyers are bikers themselves – but uh, but they're afraid of uh, whatever the retaliation might be if they were to – I mean, because you're saying these are going to be illegal searches, and you're absolutely right. They are gonna going to intimidate people into allowing searches or just go ahead and do the searches anyway – and uh, it's going to be difficult for people to find lawyers unless you have some real ballsy attorneys in the area that are willing to take on this police department for doing things like roadblocks and, and essentially profiling people with motorcycles. It sounds like you'd have something that an attorney could take on and have some success with if they were courageous enough to do so. You know, if they weren't worried about having their tires slashed or their dog killed or whatever it is, the awful violent thing that the, uh, the sheriff's agents might uh, attempt to purpose on an attorney that went after them. Uh, do you know if there's anybody out there like that in, your, in the in the area?
9: Well, apparently, um, this past weekend, uh, it's supposed to be coming on to uh, uh, the Abate of Louisiana's website. They're actually posting this. They're trying to work within the system. There are some out-of-state, uh, quote-unquote, biker attorneys, because, I mean, they actually specialize in, you know, biker accidents and that kind of thing. They're mm-hmm. trying to come in on this.
8: Uh, they
9: actually were supposed to have went down this weekend uh, official members of a bait and they were just going to be having about five or six or seven guys riding and they were taking audio and visual equipment with and and video equipment and they're trying to work within the system now there there was talks of you know well why don't we just all get together you know and just go ride down there and just show people you know there's what this is ridiculous
0: i think that's a good but idea show was, people like that, that, if you
9: showed up with like 200 people down there this guy's going to show up see they're coming see look they're scary people
0: well, I think that uh, they're not scary people. I think bikers are some of the most liberty-minded folks out there. I think that showing people how good bikers are in general is a good idea. And I, I hope you'll keep us up to date on what happens with this. I thank you for the call tonight at 800-259-9231. Bikers do charity events all the time, stuff like that. This would be a perfect opportunity to put together a charity event. Also, arm yourselves with video cameras when you're on your bike. Get something in your pocket you can pull out and record a scene. More coming cameras up. Our new two's gun. on the
8: way. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public. Like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever
0: you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Also, Sam joining us here uh, for the remainder of the program tonight. You can also join him on his website, obscuredtruth.com. Sam, you cranked out at least a couple of videos over the last uh, few weeks. Yeah. And people can see those. Uh, What's the most recent one? The the Eli Rivera candlelight vigil situation?
10: Yeah, we're taking more of a cinematic approach with some of these, and I hope you guys enjoy them.
0: So head over to obscuredtruth.com to take a look-see at that. Also, Sam, you just posted over at freekeen.com a few moments uh, earlier this evening uh, about the uh, a really nasty situation of passing the buck between the bureaucrats. And I want to talk a little bit about that, but uh, we need to go to these phone calls here. So let's start things out. I think Scott the Bigot is with us. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live.
11: Yes, good evening, uh, Ian, Sam, and Mark. How are you?
0: What's on your mind tonight, Scott?
11: Uh, I'm sure you've heard of the term the New World Order, haven't you?
0: Uh, yeah, I've heard, heard the, the term. term. You have? The yeah. New
11: World Order, also known as One World Government, uh, I think your audience needs to know that it's not, not some conspiracy or some nut job theory. It's, it's an actuality, and uh, it's, it's here on our doorstep now. And what that means is it refers to uh, a conspiracy of Goldman Sachs, the Rothschilds, George Soros, the Federal Reserve, the United Nations, the World Bank, and the International Bank is on Wall Street. Who have plotted a Jewish world conspiracy for world domination. This is not some nut job theory. And this will be achieved, gentlemen, by the devaluation of the U.S. dollar that will lead to the destruction of the U.S. economy. You may wonder, well, why would the Jews want the destruction of the U.S. economy so that they can then.
0: That's take right, over Scott. The US as usual with you, the Jews are all the same, right? We, They're all Scott, the same.
11: But it doesn't end there. It does not end there, gentlemen, because the New World Order does not even include our Zionist occupied government which has a deadly stranglehold on U.S. foreign policy. And what I mean by this is the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. You've heard of AIPAC, haven't you?
2: I know they exist.
11: Well, let me tell you something about APAC. They wield tremendous economic, political, and social power. They are the primary reason why we were attacked on 9-11, them and their brethren, the fanatical Zionists in Israel. So you
0: don't think the 9-11 attacks had anything to do with the fact that the United States government was killing people in the Middle East for years?
11: Let me explain. We were killing people in the Middle East. We were you killing were? Palestinians. And we were pal- killing Palestinians with blood money, over $10 billion given to the Zionists in Israel, who used this money to butcher innocent, innocent Palestinian men, women, and children, and the Muslim world got outraged, and they took their righteous revenge. I repeat, their righteous revenge against the United States. In layman's terms, it was payback for the United States for always supporting
2: Scott, Israel. When does, um, when does somebody get Ju- signed into the, the Jewish world conspiracy? I'm wondering, is, uh, you know, at what age does a baby Jew get their, their full-fledged mm, um, New World Order uh, club card?
11: Not every Jew is an international Jew. A lot of them like blacks. Not every black can go to the NBA. There are Jews that are tailors, peddlers. But when I mean international,
0: <laughs> but you've Jews, told us you've told us in the past that they're all in on it.
11: I mean international Jews.
0: International meaning? You've, okay, so you're changing your story now. You're, you're no, not I'm saying not. that you're not saying that every single person who is Jewish is uh, involved in a grand conspiracy to control the world.
11: No, I'm okay. saying so, that inter, international. Jews like George Soros. You've heard of George Soros, haven't you? What about the, the
2: international
0: name? Christians?
2: What about the international? Um... What is an international Jew? Do they have a Do they have a jet? Is an that... international Jew is a person like the Rothschilds
11: that know no boundaries. They control money, the flow of money and capital. It doesn't matter whether it's the United Kingdom or the United States. They control. They control an international. Uh, uh, funds through different countries there is no boundaries
10: scott and, does the uh, does the new world order control the media in the united states
11: yes it does
10: okay and yes, those, does. that's made up of ceos of lots of different com- companies that are directing those those various media outlets are all of those ceos jews or how does that work
11: robert murdoch is is a mogul but he's not a jew but yet you've got the Salzburg. So wait, family. he's
10: in charge of, what, CNN? Um, Murdoch, that's Fox. That's Robert Fox. Robert Murdoch owns Fox. R- Rupert Murdoch. Who's Rupert the...
11: Murdoch, he owns, of course, the Wall Street Journal. He owns the Financial Times in London. He owns a bunch of newspapers all over the world. He's not a Jew. But, but you've so got the h- Salzburg So how does your family. theory
10: hold water, then? What's that? How does your theory hold water?
11: Oh, my theory holds water very easily, because not every mogul in the world is jewish i never said that i'm saying that the majority of the so-called big boys are like the salzberger family did you ever hear the salzbergers no no they own the new york times the boston globe and the new york times is the most liberal communist jewish paper in the world abc <laughs> nbc cbs all directed by behind the scenes by the jews well, it's but easy to say behind the, the, the scenes, Scott, because
2: behind, behind the scenes you don't need any proof, you know, if you just say behind the scenes. That's not really a fair statement. I mean,
11: what I mean by that is that they, they don't want to come out a lot of times, like you've got Rahm Emanuel who's very open, you've got uh, David Axelrod, but a lot of these Jews that are behind CBS, NBC, they own the companies. But they don't want to, like William Paley that owned CBS. He died. So, but a lot of them don't come out. They hide in the woodwork. Okay, what so I'm what, what is, do we
10: do about all this? What's the answer? What's well, the solution? We've got, we
11: got a one world government. And what we do about it is that there's going to be a revolution in the United States because the American people are being taxed to the hilt, they're being strangled to death by taxation. We don't make anything anymore. We have no manufacturing. Okay,
10: so if the New World Order then collapses the dollar and makes it worthless and wipes out everybody's savings, how is it they're going to have money and time to revolt when they're worried about eating?
11: That's precisely they will revolt because they've got nothing to lose. Scott, uh, do it, I,
0: why don't you blame the uh, the international Christians? I mean, you're, you're admitting that not all of the people that own all of the media organizations and run the, run the governments of the world are Jewish, or international Jews, as you called them. Uh, you are admitting that, and why don't you place the blame on the other folks that adhere to different uh, religious uh, beliefs?
11: It's funny you say that, because there are some. Let's look at evangelical Christians. Evangelical Christians support Israel, they're responsible for the close alliance with Israel, because they believe in their nutty mind that there's going to to be a Messiah, Jesus is going to come to earth, and all of this garbage. and
10: Scott, you know what they all have in common? They all use government to come, to bring about, to wield the power and to gain control over others. So it, rather than maybe going out and preaching hate against Jews or, or whatever other races you don't like, what if you just taught people that, look, this is what government does, and rather than calling for a revolution where we can just wipe it all out and start over again and, and eventually get to this same point, you know, 100, 200, 300 years down the road, why not just teach people that, look, we don't need folks, ruling over us. We don't need someone telling you how to live. We think you're capable of doing it all on your own.
4: Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor, See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
11: That's, that's a
0: good point. I, I, I'm going to be frank. I think we're making I... progress here. I'd like to say that over uh, so many calls <laughs> of just nonstop uh, bashing on Jewish people, I think this is the first call that we've had with Scott where we've actually gotten him to admit that when he says Jews, whereas before he said in the past it's all of them, they're all in on it, now you're saying it's just the international ones, which you define as the moguls, the people that are running the, uh, the media companies and running uh, governments and things like that. So really when you're saying that, and I also got you to admit that uh, there are evangelical Christians out there in similar roles, so that, and tying into what Sam just said, it sounds to me that, Scott, what you've said, but not overtly, is that your problem is people that are in search of power, regardless of whether they consider themselves Jewish, or whether they consider themselves an evangelical Christian, or a Muslim, or whatever it is that their belief system might be, or their their race uh, might be. That, uh, that you're concerned mostly with people that are wielding power over others and I hope that that's something that you can really come to understand as, uh, as time goes on, that it doesn't matter what country you were born in, that it doesn't matter what uh, amount of melanin you have in your skin or what hair color you have or what your religious beliefs are what matters is what your opinion is about how other people, other human beings should be treated, and I know that we've talked to you before and you don't necessarily believe that all human beings are equal and uh, we'll disagree on that, thank you for the call tonight, but I hope that you You'll come to understand that it's power that's the issue. It's force that is being used over uh, over others that is the issue.
10: And Rega- it's, people's belief in that as well. Right. Regardless
0: of who is wielding that, it's the the issue is not what their religion is. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We invite you to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, and they include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site. Free for you, freetalklive.com.
2: Check out the Low Country Liberty Report. This Ridleyographer from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro-freedom issues from around the country. Liberty-oriented reports for liberty-minded folks. He doesn't pretend to be unbiased in reporting and tries to add a little humor to every report. Find his videos at lclreport.com, uh, or you can join their uh, group on Facebook or Twitter. It's lclreport.com. I'm uh, I'm an
0: advertiser now. Oh, are you? Yeah, with LCL Report. For, for, for what? Freekeen.com. Okay, well, so is Free Talk Live. Oh, oh Great. Uh, So, yeah, LCL Report, good stuff, Uh, 800-259-9231. We're going to continue with your phone calls here, and then we'll update you on a situation involving bureaucrats passing the buck. If you've ever tried to get a bureaucrat to take responsibility for anything, you know exactly what this is about. Let's go first, though, to Nick in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick.
12: Hi. um, I want to talk about two things. Um, Yes, sir. The second, I think Mark will, like – but um, the first is, um, I was wondering if you guys had any insight. I've heard that artists, you, well, I've heard from people that artists usually make their money from uh, buying their albums. And I've heard also the opposite, that artists usually make the most money from um, from concerts and that the record companies usually, or whatever companies you want to call them.
0: I've heard, uh, the, I've heard the latter of those two. It's my understanding the artist doesn't make very much off of an album sale.
12: Okay, Um, because I've heard that people, when you know, uh, I may or may not be illegally downloading music, um, that people are saying, "Well, you should buy their albums." You know, it's the best way to support your artist. So I was wondering if there was actually any
10: actual, unless the album's going double platinum and it's a it's a super super hit. They're not. They're not going to make money on it. The, they're lucky to recoup uh, all of the investment costs. But you know, they're paying a hundred thousand dollars for uh, studio time and mastering. And they, they, the record companies will go out, pick out a bunch of bands that they like. They'll sign them up. Uh, they'll pick a few to really invest some bucks in. And hope that those turn a profit and they're able to pay off some of the other ones that are not so successful.
0: well, point of information here if the artist that you're looking to support is with a major record label, then that's the situation where they aren't making much on a on a CD sale right but if, if they, the
2: artist the newbies don't make much money
0: right uh the if the artist though is not with a major record label if they're just self-produced yeah. then there's a good chance they're making a better profit on uh, on a CD sale whereas an artist that's with a major label might be making 50 cents on a CD sale, mm-hmm. if the artist is producing their own discs, they might be making a buck or two. You know, I, I don't know exactly what the markup is usually, but they there's more room for profit when you don't have all the middlemen.
10: Yeah, there are websites like CD Baby where independents can go and uh, post their own music and they'll even show you how much they take versus how much they pay out to artists, and it's uh, quite a bit different.
12: Nick, right. your thoughts? Uh, well, well I, just, I was wondering if there was any factual backing to either claim well uh, the, the, the there's some zombies.
10: there's
2: some on both sides Nick the fact is um if you want to support your your, your, your the band that where you heard it first kind of band the new guys <laughs> you want to buy the you want to go to their concerts and buy their t-shirts if you love uh, uh you know some i i, I don't know there's none coming to mind off the top of my head um Bette midler um <laughs> then you want to buy the album because bet gets her money uh, by not doing shows so much uh, what's who's the the jewish lady that doesn't like to come out of her house uh, the blonde with the the, I the have barbara the streisand barbara streisand is apparently stage fright oh really and uh, but but has an incredible voice and if you like barbara streisand buy barbara streisand's Albums, so right. that, she's
0: just making residuals at this point, by and large. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay,
12: all right. My second point was um, about you guys discussing. I was gonna call in about both these subjects yesterday, but I got a little tied up. So, um, but I was gonna call you, um, you guys, about um, sort of you, uh, mean meaning Ian and uh, Mark's little disagreement, or not really little, but disagreement about um, the tact and the the um, of the marijuana protest. And, um, the
0: tact I, I of, sort of, of the marijuana, the cannabis celebrations uh, that have been going on here on a daily basis in Keene, New Hampshire. You are you meaning specifically the tact or lack thereof on the pumpkin festival day
10: where I, six, I six just, people were arrested? I just
12: sort of meant like in general. I, I guess. Okay. Uh, general. Uh, I, I felt um, that you were being a little too harsh on on Mark. I I I I, I realized that um, the whole kidnapping thing if he was the The police officer obviously listened, right? But uh, I don't think designating him as a a fascist and and sort of a statist just because it seemed to me like just because he was disagreeing with your opinion on on the tactfulness of of the whole protest that you were calling him. I mean, I might be wrong. I just
0: well, Mark was was advocating. You're talking about our Saturday night shows where this uh, conversation came out. We were talking about the pumpkin festival here in Keene, which is a yearly event, very very popular. Uh, was There was a 420 celebration that went on during that event. The police had a major presence, and the, they cracked down heavily on the activists that were smoking cannabis. Uh, there were three arrests for cannabis, three arrests for trespassing, so-called, in a, in a public building, uh, which is strange. But Mark had said that if he were in charge, he would have kidnapped those people. And you didn't use that term, Mark, but that's what it is. Taking the paddy wagon uh, down you would there. Have, you would have taken them, uh, kidnapped them, and then released them in the middle of the woods. Uh, and and you said yourself that Gosh. you'd
2: be willing to do that. As long as it uh, moved uh, moved us towards well, liberty, that's, that's was, the reason I'd no, be
0: doing no, no, it. No. it. I'd was, be
10: doing it in order to get liberty for if us If cannabis was legalized. That's what you would do, right? No, when Mark. No, 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 no. Mark
0: had modified his proposal <laughs> after I held his feet to the flames last night, and he said, "All right, all right, all right. How about if we make a deal? We'll take you and your buddies out into the woods, and you can walk back, and then we'll give you medical <laughs> marijuana as a result of that." I said, "You know, I'd I'm willing that. to. I'm willing to compromise. I'm willing to work towards uh, more freedom. And so, if I could walk, if I could walk back from the woods somewhere to get a medical marijuana passed for people, I'd do that, wouldn't you, Sam? I would too. Yeah. yeah. The point of so it, it is. That to do politics man i'd <laughs> if, be walking everywhere if
2: i were um if i were the police chief like i said that's how i would handle it and that beats the heck out of getting arrested wouldn't you agree
10: uh, walking no, walking no, back from Waffle. You want to get arrested. That's oh, how yeah, cold yeah. it or is. It wanted to stay in jail. Or actually,
12: aren't they both the same thing, basically?
0: Uh, not really. I mean, being released. It's and kidnapping. It's not kidnapping is kidnapping. You're taking people away from their freedom. Yeah, and I yeah, think I'm there's, fully there's justified a, in calling you fascist. There's a record
12: fascist.
2: in one case and there's not in the other. But really the point is, is Ian, um, that the activism itself is taking people like me who are on the borderline, you know, that support you guys. And uh, some of them out there are being turned against the activism because they feel it's gone too far. You
0: can make that statement about anything. Thing.
2: Yeah, I guess you can. It's Not persuasive to me. Yeah, well, of, of course, good sense never has been as
0: long as I've I worked just... with you. Right, you just oh, stay inside, just, you I... pot smokers. <laughs> Don't come out and act like you're free people in you public. How dare 364 you? Three
2: hundred and sixty-four days out of the year, brother, you got it. It's there. given The, it to day where the 40... cops have been kind. What they're not it? coming after the coming after the pot smokers. They're not arresting them. And what do you do? You go and blow smoke in their
10: face. Why do you no, think the police made a big show of it at Pumpkin Fest? What do you think it's really all about? Because they're annoyed. Because they're annoyed? You think really that's yes, it, Mark? Yes, yes, I do. Okay. See, I can tell you, having spoken to a, a former police officer, that he is pretty thoroughly annoyed. Oh, I'm sure they are, but I don't think that's the reason they did it. The reason they did it is because if they let 20,000 people see a bunch of folks out there living free and smoking cannabis in the middle of you know, the public street that they're going to realize, hey, the police aren't in control. This was all about the police controlling people and reinforcing the paradigm that we're in charge, you do what we say, or we'll hurt you.
0: Yep, absolutely. It's all about the police's authority if it's undermined, you know. Exactly. It was a yeah. big image thing for them. Thank you for the call, uh, Nick. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Good luck trying to get a bureaucrat to take responsibility for something that is supposed to be their job. We'll explain what Sam tried to do here a little uh, in a little bit. It's Free Talk Live.
2: On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation Silver Round from the Free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com.
0: Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want, toll-free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And the features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo or video to show that they are listeners To Free Talk Live, you can see that uh, them for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're a lady listener, instructions as to how to get involved are also there. Shrine.freetalklive.com. What if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving into the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. All right, so we'll take your calls about anything if you make them. And in the meantime, we'll talk about other things that might be interesting to you, like uh, trying to to nail down bureaucrats uh, into taking responsibility... For their supposed jobs there's the things they're supposed to be responsible for if you 've ever called a bureaucracy and gotten just even tried to talk to somebody to ask a question in many cases you'll you'll begin to experience what passing the buck is at a very very uh unimportant level you know compared to what you're going to be talking about here, Sam. but usually, when you call a bureaucracy and you ask a question, the person that you're asking will say something that depending on depending on how large the bureaucracy is it. it it affects larger bureaucracies worse than smaller ones. Uh, but it, the, depending on the size of the bureaucracy, the, the answer will usually be that's not my department. Let me transfer you to who can handle that for you. And then you get transferred, and then maybe it'll be that person, or maybe they'll transfer Much you Much more likely else. it'll,
2: right, right. You, you'll probably go through a couple of people. Just try dealing with the people at the water company. It, 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 you don't have to get very big in order to see this stuff in action. Right. Um, and what's going to happen, by and large, is, is that you're going to finally get to the desk of the person, of somebody who's not there, and can therefore cannot transfer you on. You will leave a message, and then likely never get a response, um, call back, and get transferred to somebody else who's not there, so therefore you can leave a message and not get a response. I have had circumstances where, um, you know, I, I, I had rental properties and there was this one guy at code enforcement that would always return my calls. And I, I can't remember the guy's name other than it being Chuck. And I'd used to say, Chuck, you're my very favorite bureaucrat. And because he, he would always call back at the very least. Of course, he works for the extortion arm, so, you know. He wants to talk to you yeah maybe maybe no he he would actually always forgive um you know just eh, have him move the trailer or paint the whatever or what, you know whatever it is that he wanted have him do that
0: and we'll forget about
2: it and mm. e- every
0: time so sam you contacted uh, some bureaucrats here i guess today or, or very recently you back in the early portion of this year had spent 58 days in a jail cell because you um would not identify yourself to the, to your uh, kidnappers and as a result of that, even though they claim that you have the right to remain silent, apparently the, the rest of that statement is, and we have the right to hold you for as long as we want to. But not that. to mention
2: that, he was filming um, in a, uh, a courtroom or the lobby. Which one was it in this case? Uh, second floor lobby of City Hall. Right, so filming an, on public property, which, you know, I that thought the right of the, the arrest. Yeah, I thought that the, the, the press had the, you know, there was freedom of the press in this country. You should be able to film in different places, but, you know, no.
0: Oh, by the way, still no uh, verdict in your case. You went to trial. Uh, it took two months to finish up the trial, and right. you're still waiting on that.
10: Right, but why would Burke give a verdict when he can hold it over my head for the next trial? Which is happening Friday.
0: Yes. On a suspended license case? Right, yes.
10: It was where I had no idea that uh, the my driver's license in Texas was suspended they knew. Rivera looked it up and then got on the stand and lied about it and said that there were no other uh, documents that he knew of that were in, were not included in the case file. And this driving record was not in the case file. And then immediately leaving the court, they pulled me over and uh, arrested me.
0: Right. Uh, so you had spent 58 days in jail on the initial arrest for the camera in the the court lobby. Uh, they kept you there allegedly because you weren't hand, you weren't giving them your name, which even though they knew what your name was, they still wanted the obedience from you. Yep. They wanted you to bow down to uh, to them and give up the information. Eventually, they ended up kicking you out the door after you sent a letter, a tort letter, essentially threatening the uh, the city council and the other bureaucrats with with some liability. Uh, That's what you believe, I think, got you got you out quicker. But nonetheless, when you were in jail, they have a law, what they call a law library. Can you tell me about that?
10: Yeah, it's a uh, section in the library where they are where the prisoners are supposed to be able to go and do research, look up case law, you know, find out about the charges that they've been uh, dealt and prepare Motions or you know anything that they would need to do to defend themselves against this system, mm-hmm. and if they don't have an attorney, they're the only ones that can do that. And because they're not allowed to leave the jail, obviously, the jail needs to provide them access to the means to defend themselves. Right. And the vast majority of the people in
2: there, the convicts, realize that uh, you know if they if they're getting the free public defender service, then they're getting what they paid for for it. Um, sure. That, you know the, the public defenders are there to basically take their plea to the prosecutor, and that's really
0: all they do. Right, but so,
10: you know in New Hampshire they actually try and charge some people for the public defenders? Yes, I am aware. Okay.
0: So in this case, the the law library exists for prisoners that are interested in perhaps defending themselves and, and learning more about the system they're forced to experience. The system mm-hmm. that is being forced upon them, at the very least, should give them the tools that they need to where they could understand what is being done to them. They could have the uh, the, the laws of uh, the state. They could have the federal uh, statutes or whatever. you know Whatever supposed uh, law would be a- applicable, they should have access to it. Right. And it shouldn't be very difficult in this digital day and age when they could just load it all on a CD-ROM and put it in there. But what did you find when you were actually in this law library, when they would finally let you to it, which was difficult well, on its own?
10: So the physical law library looked pretty good. Uh, you know, They have stacks of books on these shelves, but once I started pulling them out... I realized most of them are from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. There are volumes missing. I couldn't find the uh, charges that I was charged with because those volumes were missing. The court rules hadn't been updated since 1979. Gosh. Uh, Every time I (laughs) asked to use the law library, it would take three or four days before they – that was the quickest they got to it. The slowest, I think, was seven or eight days. Uh, In one case, you know, I'm trying to defend myself. They're bringing these charges against me. They're refusing to let me use the law library for over a week. The other prisoners in the same cell block all signed a petition saying, "Please let Sam have access to the law library." And then the next day, they finally let me use it the first time. That's what it took.
2: And uh, I'd like to also point out um, that uh, you know, because you got to look at this from the angle of people that have to pay for this law library. And I've got to say that you know, uh, when it, I, I don't like the idea of being extorted to pay for the law library. But remember that the people that are um, you know that, that run this system. They've got people in jail that have never hurt anyone, and they're not a flight risk. They just need—they—they they just pile people in jails because they've got jails. They've built the building. They have plenty and, of money to spend. Right, apparently, they've got your money to spend. Right. So the the little bit of money that is spent on the convicts' law library is nothing compared to the money that's spent incarcerating people on bogus uh, b- charges and ones where people, uh, you know, didn't hurt anyone. Drug charges, uh, you know, theft. Th- things There's, like that I mean really if somebody you know has has committed a burglary or something like that do you, do they have to be incarcerated no incarceration is about flight risk or keeping people safe from some kind of madman but the vast majority of of the people in jail are neither of those.
10: Yeah. Now the physical books can get a little expensive, but you can get everything digital these days on CDs. You can order LexisNexis, the court rules, the uh, RSAs, all of that stuff is available online. It's so easy to get and and view. But of course, when you're in jail, they don't give you internet access. Nope. They had one computer that was the law library, and it was down for three weeks straight. How old was the computer? Uh, they you know, probably four or five years. Okay, they were cheap uh, Dell units that had this the mouse with the ball in them. Still, mm-hmm. oh my god! So maybe ten years old.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so you basically found some serious inadequacies in their law library, and it was one of the things you wanted to address because you've been to jail for 58 days, and you didn't want anybody else to have to go through what you had gone through, and you want the guys that are still in there to have access to something that could possibly help them get out. Because as you're pointing out, Mark, a lot of these folks are not violent people. They're not dangerous. They haven't harmed anybody else. And so you attempted to uh, kind of remedy the situation. Find out something about this. Try to track it down. Because the the uh, superintendent said it wasn't his department. He had said, the guy in charge of the jail said, hey, I'm not in charge of the law library. That's the public defender's office. And so you called the public defender today. And you'll tell us here in a little bit what happened. 800-259-9231, it's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we need your votes. We are currently in the first place position Uh, In the Podcast Alley voting contest, it happens on a monthly basis. We only ask you for one vote per month. Go to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll only take you a moment. You only need an email address, and that uh, proves that you're not a a robot. That's the purpose behind collecting the email. Um, But we're in first place. But that doesn't mean we can rest on our laurels, because this month has been particularly competitive. Last uh, last month was also competitive, but this month I would say the heat is up even more uh, this month than than it was last month. And so we really need to get out the vote, so to speak, and that means we need you, if you have yet to vote in the month of October, to go to vote.freetalklive.com. It's kind of unfortunate, because
2: uh, the podcast awards voting will be going on very soon um, so we're going to be asking the listeners on on pretty much a daily basis to be uh, to to be voting for that too. So, you know, uh, b- both of these are important, and they're, we use them in both our industry advertisements to to stations and our advertisements to you know potential advertisers. Uh, you know, it makes the it makes the show look you know makes makes them comfortable in carrying the show. We're award winning, you know.
0: There you go. So please go to vote. Freetalklive. Com. Looks like the podcast alley or not Podcast Alley, but the Podcast Awards nominations period is over. So thanks to everybody that did nominate us there, and we'll let you know uh, when the voting period does open for that. Because right now they're, they're tallying the nominations in the Podcast Awards. But right now you can vote for Free Talk Live in the monthly contest at vote.freetalklive.com. As we continue here uh, to tell you the story about Sam following up. Uh, several months, you've been out of jail for, uh, for a number of months now at this point. the The court case that originally... Um, resulted from your arrest for carrying a camera or recording with a camera in the, the district court lobby is over and done with. Uh, you're still waiting on the verdict there. But you followed up with the public defender's office because when you were in jail you found that the law library there was very deficient. And I imagine that is not an uncommon story. Uh, mm-hmm. I imagine that if there are people that have been in jail and I'm sure if you have and you can tell us this uh, you're welcome to call in to, sh- to share your story. But this may have been one of the better fleshed out uh, law libraries in the country for all we know. I mean, I I don't imagine that these jail superintendents are really paying close attention to these little details of their jail, which to them it's just a little detail. But to a prisoner, this is one of the very most important things that they can possibly access. You don't have a whole lot you can do when you're in jail. And so you might as well read through their awful, awful law books and try to get some sort of comprehensive idea as to what exactly is being done to you. So the law law library was incredibly deficient old books from the 1950s uh, court rules from the late 70s thirty year old court rules that they've been updated since then they've changed the rules they've I made things have. more difficult <laughs> his law his, his his
2: charges weren't even in the
0: books
10: yeah the, wow. well the city ordinances they they didn't have any copy of those and I the uh, failure to fingerprint and process mm-hmm. uh, to, to fingerprint and be photographed, that's a Keene City ordinance. And I, I was charged with that, and they couldn't even show me the law that I was being charged with. Right, so the the
2: Republicans out there that are like, oh, I don't want to pay for some convict to get new law books, that stinks. Just remember, it's your claim that this is a nation of laws. Mm. It's not a nation of laws if the person charged with them can't put their hands on them. And it's it's pointless to put these people in jail. Sam was in jail for remaining silent and filming as a member of the press. Yeah. These are not. These are not good. The, you know, both of these are contrary to the highest law in the land. It's disgusting. It's a miscarriage of justice on all all points.
10: And it doesn't even have to be a financial issue. The the this stuff is online free. I put links in the article posted on Free Keen about this to say, look, right. here's where you can download it from, or print it out and stick it in the law library. This problem could be solved in a few hours. You know, they
0: have an internet connection at the jail. It would they be do. a matter of popping a twenty dollar wireless card into the the computer. That they already have and, and opening up a web browser. Well, in, in jails they have
10: to restrict it. In, sure, they would. In
2: jails, they're very, very concerned with the whole uh, war game scenario where some convict gets a hold of a, <laughs> gets hold of a computer and manages to take over the world <laughs> with it. I mean, you know, they, uh, yeah. <laughs> when I was in, in prison, I can tell you that they, by the vast majority of them, had no idea how computers work. So they were concerned about computers in general. They didn't have to be connected to the interwebs. They they were just uh, the very fact that they could a convict could touch a computer right. was dangerous. Yeah, the,
10: the the people I talked to once they found out I had some legal background, they would come up to me and talk to me about how do I find out how do I get the police report. They don't even know about the right to know uh, request where you uh, the the, the uh, open records request where you submit papers saying this is what I'm looking for and the government's supposed to pull it together and give it to you. How
0: would they know? You don't learn this this stuff in school. No. There there are so many laws out there, it's impossible to know them all, it's impossible to read them all. Is that what they're going on? Is that what the system is going to say? Well, you should already know the laws. We don't have to show you the laws. You should already know what they are. As though they themselves know what the laws are. They don't know. And the and some of the more honest uh, cops or bureaucrats will admit to you that they don't know and they couldn't possibly know all the laws. Well the it's dishonest just,
2: ones won't say that they know them. They just they just won't yeah. discuss it. Exactly. So I don't
0: want to talk about right. whatever. They just simply will not discuss it with you. So when you ask the superintendent of the jail about this situation, uh, who generally appears to be a very nice man. Yep. He's uh, he's with us on a, the issue of drug reform. He's a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. He's not the worst, uh, most sadistic j- jail superintendent in the world, but that doesn't mean he's not a bureaucrat, and so he still suffers from the uh, the same issues that all bureaucrats suffer from, and one of the major ones they suffer from is a lack of incentive. A lack of
10: incentive to give a damn.
0: Uh, and in this case, he told you that, oops, well, you know, it's not my problem. The, uh, the law library is taken care of by the uh, Defense attorney's office
10: actually he said he was not aware of any deficiencies in the law library and the last time that he talked to the public defender's office they assured him that it was up to date
0: and they are supposedly the ones that are in charge of keeping it up to date
10: according to him
0: so you called them what did they say
10: they said uh, hey we're a private corporation we have no relationship with the jail we don't maintain the law library the lady jan that i talked to has been the manager of the public defender's office for uh, at least twenty years, I forget the date that she told me or the year that she told mm-hmm. me, and she said they have never ever done anything with the law library at the jail,
0: not our department
10: yeah, not well, our but no, not uh, our problem i mean they're they're separate they're independent attorneys who are yep. getting paid by the state to come in and defend these people. So then I figured, okay, well, the next step, I guess, would be to call the prosecutor's office, because in in Texas, the prosecutor's job is to ensure that justice is done, that they're there (laughs) to make sure that all of this stuff is fair (laughs) and that the the, the justice is being served. And I can't imagine that it would say something different in New Hampshire law. Um, They got a question into Peter Heed, the county attorney, and he said, nope, not our responsibility. Hmm. So nobody knows... Whose responsibility it is? I mean, they, they, they know well, they're not they admitting it. they suggested that it would be the jail superintendent's uh, responsibility. Right
0: back around to where you started then. Yeah. The, the buck's been passed right back to him. So you tried calling him again?
10: Well, no. So then I called the county commissioner, uh, and he's out on vacation for at least a week. And, uh, you know, I got uh, left a voicemail, as Mark was describing before. Eventually, you get to somebody who's not there and leave them a voicemail. And then you
0: cross your fingers and hope they'll call you back. Exactly. So that's where it sits, then, Yeah, and in the meantime,
10: there are people who can't even get a a decent copy of the court rules, which are available free online. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may not be able to call witnesses in their defense. And, you know, hey, they may get an extra two, three, five, ten years tacked onto their sentence at a cost of $15,000 a year to you, at least. And uh, it's just too bad. You know, and it's this
2: crap here. This, this same kind of crap that let me know that the Free State Project was the only hope we had for liberty in our lifetimes. Because, you know, I know that a lot of people out there, you know, they've, they've got families and all that other reason that they want to stay where they are. And, and I get that. Those are all valid reasons. I'm not going to diminish those. But, The idea that you would go it alone, um, you know, one or two or a a handful of people trying to get customer service out of any level of bureaucracy, Mm -hmm. it's just impossible. What you really need is to overload these bureaucrats with people that demand service out of them to, to the point that their apparatus simply can't handle it anymore and they actually
0: have to provide some service. That's really the only way that it works. I agree. So and, – and this, of course, the sad thing is right now you're really the only one that's pursuing this, Sam. Mm-hmm. I mean there's not – like a uh, free state jail coalition or anything like that that's been formed at this point. It's a very, very early on thing. I know that Dale, who is our Thursday night co-host typically, is interested in doing some sort of jail outreach. And I know that he's reached out to the superintendent because everything goes through him. He's the I've gatekeeper. I've called
2: twice as an ex-convict who's made good to talk to them about... Oh, so you're uh, working on this too. I, I've, yeah, I've, been ca- I've called two times now and left my information with... Whomever, um, they're at the jail trying to be able to just to talk to convicts about, you know, making good in life. No response. Zero. They don't get
10: back to you. Hmm. What are you supposed to do? You're biased, Mark. I mean, <laughs> we couldn't go in and interview Kurt, a friend of ours who was injured by police and uh, is in the Westmoreland jail. We couldn't go interview him because he's, uh, we know him. So he wouldn't let us let have a member of the press in there to uh, check on his condition.
0: And if you don't like it, well, too bad. You've got to pay anyway. If you don't like it, you can leave and go find a bureaucracy that will actually respond to you somewhere in America, right? (laughs) It's a bunch of nonsense. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. No, I don't like it, and I'm going to invite more people like me to come here, and then we'll figure out what the hell to do about this. I don't know what to do yet. We'll figure it out, though. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live.
6: As a small business owner, you know that communication between clients and employees is essential to your company's success. Email is part of your company's DNA, but you didn't get into business to manage email. It's time to evolve with dnamail.com. Get Microsoft Exchange-hosted email services with free activation and setup, 24-7 support, and 99.99% guaranteed uptime, all starting at $8.95 a month. DNA Mail even supports your BlackBerry and iPhone and offers a free Microsoft SharePoint Internet portal to keep everyone connected. Look, you know what it costs to set up an email system. Don't blow your budget on fighting viruses and having an IT specialist on call. Save time and money with dnamail.com. Every standard or unlimited exchange mailbox will get a free copy of Microsoft Outlook 2007 or Entourage 2008. Call us at 800-628-3204. That's 800-628-3204. Or visit dnamail.com and join the evolution.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231, as we launch here into the third hour of the program. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And uh, you can take control of the airwaves. That is why we call it Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. And please join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the website, and we give it all away. So freetalklive.com, enjoy it on us. Let's go to your phone calls. Corby's in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Corby.
1: Hey, guys. On Saturday night, you had a caller that said he had smoked marijuana for 20 years. He said he was a marijuana addict or he something did. like that.
4: Yep, he and, said that. Which
1: is kind of like some of the movies laugh that, you know, where they talk about when you're at the rehab meeting. You're in here for marijuana? You, you know, you were going to gun down your dealer for marijuana?
10: Or, Boo you know, this man. Like Boo. <laughs> sorry.
1: Sorry. I don't know if that was inappropriate.
10: Dave Chappelle.
1: Anyway, but uh, he talked about uh, he said he did it for 20 years and then he quit for 20 years. So I probably puts him at least his mid 50s. So, mm-hmm. um, so I imagine many uh, people that the drug is not that bad in itself. But he lived through 20 years of daily, you know, and nighttime abuse, and then 20 years of sobriety. Which to me, is a quitter, but it's his choice. I respect his sobriety. You know. Luckily, he didn't get busted once, or he would be like I had to explain a marijuana conviction from 14 years ago when I got a job. I'm 40 now; and I had two of you know. Really, stuff sticks with you. Like you know, credit stuff goes away after seven years, but they even asked me about the, you know, and when I was 17, I still had him. I was considered an adult in Texas, so that stuff stays with you for life. You know? Amazing. You can't unless you. So it's kind of you know, you know, really sad that you know. Luckily, he decided to quit. But I think he's kind of being hypocritical that now he wants to have been telling everybody else, well, you shouldn't do it, it's so bad, you know.
0: Well, it's a it's a typical mindset of, well, my way is the best way and everyone else should, everyone else's experience should be similar to mine, and so do as I say, or else. And, it's and just, then
1: the fact that he wanted alcohol to be illegal, not just, you know, or knew something he did, that he wanted alcohol to stay legal. You know, to me it's like, how hypocritical right. can you be? You know, whatever I do now is okay, but... Other people are bad. You yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. That
2: guy was very, very confused. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it it showed when everybody else uh, that was calling in after it was was just befuddled by the the words coming out of his mouth.
0: Well, it's so rare that you can actually find somebody who is truly straight edge, somebody who mm-hmm. absolutely does no. Mood-altering or consciousness-altering chemicals at all. I mean, even when I was out, we've got these daily cannabis celebrations happening here at, at 4.20. And I, I don't know if they're going to wind down anytime soon or whatever. I have actually been to the last couple. But uh, I think they're still going. And at one of them, there were some protesters that showed up to protest the cannabis celebration. And so I went out and I had a chat with them. I actually made a – because they were out there a couple hours before the cannabis celebration. They basically stood on the side of the road for several hours. Uh, I went out there and had a chat with them for about 20 minutes and basically ascertained that they're cough, uh, they're caffeine addicts. So they're oh. okay with uh, drinking caffeine. In fact, they had their cups of coffee with them right there. One of them admitted to being addicted to caffeine. And but that's okay in their mind because it's alright how caffeine modifies one's body chemistry but it's 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 wrong how marijuana or cannabis uh, modifies one's body chemistry. I mean, it's just so ludicrous. You you can't find hardly anybody who can actually say I don't do nicotine, caffeine, alcohol, marijuana or anything else.
2: Even if you did would they have the right to tell me that I can't? No. Would they have the right? Because I don't, you know, marijuana is not my particular jug, drug of choice but I can tell you caffeine is, I use it every single day no they they would not have that
0: right but they would certainly try to tell you that
2: and and you're and, immoral mark you know i can drink three beers and i'm in pretty good shape if i drink three diet cokes You won't ever speak to me again. I mean, I literally come unglued. I have some kind of sensitivity to caffeine. Mm. So the fact is that caffeine, which is legal, is is for me more mind and mood altering than beer or, or weed or anything else like that.
1: Well, the biggest thing to me is if they really want to keep, like when I was 14 years old, I could get every drug I wanted in my smoking area. I could get cocaine and pot, acid, you know, X. Really, there wasn't anything I couldn't get except for alcohol. I had to find somebody 21. I mean, if they really wanted to keep the kids off drugs, they would require ID. You know, it's just so crazy that, that they want to, you know, Make keep the illegal, they must be, all the police would be out of work is why they don't do it, I guess. So the jails would be empty. You know.
0: that, that much is true. The jails would be uh, significantly at a lower volume of uh, prisoners than they currently are today. No doubt about it. In fact, a yep, lot of anyway. there, there was a situation just the other day here uh, in Keene just yesterday where a free uh, one of the free Staters, one of the liberty activists here, was involved in helping catch a real criminal, a man that was robbing a pharmacy for pills but the point of point of uh, fact is that guy would not have had to have likely have robbed that pharmacy if there were if there weren't a prescription process if they didn't have the, all of these governmental restrictions surrounding the acquisition of those pills. I mean, if if uh, Percocet or hydrocodone-based products were available over-the-counter to where you could just walk into any Walgreens and, and buy as many as you wanted, uh, and, and there were lots of competition to where you could very easily... Uh, you know, to to where you could very easily uh, acquire these products. There'd be a lot of competition, so lower prices. Then you wouldn't have to uh, steal. You wouldn't have to rob. You wouldn't have to go through the processes that these guys do. They could just go and get their
2: pills. Well, it's it's not acceptable that they do that. But the fact is that you know some of these drugs are so addictive, and some of these people have such addictive personalities that they will do very bad things in order to get them. Those things aren't acceptable. Yeah. But really, the question is is do you want people put in that position? Where they have to make those decisions that you know they're willing to hurt people to get what they what they feel they need, Corby. Any other thoughts for us tonight?
1: Well, well, one last thing on Google News right now, right now down at the bottom, there's an article on medical marijuana is an insult to our intelligence. But all the the comments are the really funny part because everybody talks about. Uh, it's obviously written by a pro pharmaceutical guy because he's liking, like like marijuana is less bad than it used to be, but it's still it's not. He actually made a comment that. It's not even FDA tested like other drugs. It's a plant, you know? I mean, yep. come on, who, who would write this article? A reporter supposedly wrote it, but if you can't, you know, why does a. All the comments talk about, but it's a you know plant that's been around for since humans have been around, and yet we need the FDA tested it now. And there's yeah. not a
2: single reported death from marijuana. The use of marijuana, there may, there may be some people that have smoked marijuana and done dumb stuff, and I'm certain that that, exi- that those people exist. However, there's never been a death from marijuana, but they still need FDA approval. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Thanks for the call well, I've tonight. I've done
1: daily testing for 26 years, and I still I'm going to test it again tomorrow. It's <laughs> safe to me. But anyway, thanks for the call.
0: Thank you for the time. 800-259-9231, that's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You know, a little bit of good news uh, came out yesterday, and I don't know how seriously to take it. It's Obama talking about how he's going to stop the medical marijuana raids from uh, from happening. And as you read, Mark... I consider this, it good news. The quote, well, I'll consider it good news when they actually stop the raids. Um, I'm not going to get my hopes up and believe what they're saying, because Obama said to the U.S. attorneys that it would be a good idea to not continue doing the raids he yeah. didn't order them to stop he didn't say this is a you know executive order this is you're, your leader speaking right you are directed <laughs> to not do this anymore it is their leader right as the head of the executive branch the dea being portion of the a portion of the executive branch he would be very easily able to just say no yep. you're not doing your this
2: butt anymore. will be looking for a job tomorrow if you go if you break yeah. one
0: state law Instead, it was, no, here's a suggestion for you. We'd pr- I don't think that you should do this anymore. Yep. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up, but maybe, maybe it will really actually stop. Maybe they'll stop doing the federal medical marijuana raids. And I certainly didn't expect to see this story out of the union leader from up here in New Hampshire, where the U.S. attorney for New Hampshire so the federal bureaucrat that is the U.S. attorney in the state of New Hampshire uh, has said that he will not prosecute people who are using small amounts of marijuana for pain or to improve their appetite. And then the article goes on to get into detail about that. But I think that's that seems like good news. I mean, that, that's him actually saying, "I'm not going to do something." That's a little bit better than please don't. Um, And, of course, then again, I would ask the question of how many times has the U.S. attorney actually prosecuted somebody for possession of marijuana? It doesn't seem to me that the feds are really going after possession cases. They're not... Doing sting operations, they're not busting somebody for a joint at the at the federal level. So I don't really know how much this means, but I think it could be something that could help sway some of the um, the elected people to possibly voting in favor of medical marijuana if they don't think that the federal government's going to interfere.
10: Yeah, I, th- I think they see the writing on the wall. They know that this is bound to happen. That uh, the public support is really turning against them, and they are standing in the way. So this is how they can gracefully kind of tiptoe back to to uh, the side. Out of the people
0: toll free number is 800-259-9231 you can bring up anything if they just start doing the right thing then they won't hear from me anymore on this issue more on the way this is free talk live
4: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Libby's 100% Pure Pumpkin. Learn how to give everyday recipes a nutritional boost with the power of pumpkin at VeryBestBaking.com. When choosing fruits and vegetables, orange or yellow are your best bets. Vegetables like butternut squash, pumpkin, or yellow peppers are rich in nutrients that are linked with lower risks of certain cancers and heart disease. On the fruit side, cantaloupe, bananas, and oranges offer the same benefits, plus one more. Kids love them. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday.
0: Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Features including, by the way, the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. Uncovering the secrets and
2: exposing the lies, that's what the readers of
0: freedomsphoenix.com
2: get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided with the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch today. That's freedomsphoenix.com. That's where I, I mean I get their daily dispatch, and it's where I get most of my show prep from.
0: Coming up, Mark, uh, I want you to tell us about what happens when a cop rams his cruiser into a little boy. And kills the little boy. We'll find out what the consequences were for the cop in that case here in a little bit. But first, we go to the email box from Mike. He says, "Guys, I'm a new listener and really enjoy the discussions. I have a friend that thinks he's a libertarian, and we've had plenty of great talks to our uh, great talks ourselves. I'm socially liberal and economically conservative. Here are a few of my most recent thoughts. I'm waging a war to regain the true meaning of the word liberal with a few of my friends." Would, would you
10: <laughs> good luck? <laughs> yeah.
0: Would you agree that being a libertarian is equal to being a flat out liberal? My libertarian friend runs away from the word liberal at every turn, but using an unbiased definition to apply anything liberally including thought is to apply it without regulation. As I see it, simply put, a conservative is somebody that worries about the result of unregulated thought, people and processes. Conservatives have historically regulated freedoms away to create or avoid a perceived or real result. While economic regulation is to me created to protect us from previously experienced real corporate threats, social regulation looks to close down borders or exile gays based on perceived threats. Oh, before I go on, I'd just like to correct him. Economic regulation isn't created to protect you from corporate threats, it's an illusion. They, and I know that we've addressed this a million times, but since he's new, uh, regulations are really something that corporations enjoy. They like regulations because, yeah, it does increase their costs, and that means they have to hire a few more lawyers to you know, handle whatever the regulatory – But that doesn't
2: bother them because it keeps the con- competition out of business. Exactly. You know,
0: somebody coming up and competing with them. The newbies. Yeah. Yeah, the, the
2: – and that's what they want to keep out of. It.
10: and the regulations on the industry that they serve will create job opportunities, new products that will meet the reporting requirements or you know whatever it is that they have to the hoops that they have to jump through, vendors will will create products to to meet those needs.
0: right. so the illusion is that regulations protect you from unscrupulous business, but in the point of uh, point of fact is regulations actually allow those unscrupulous business people to control the mechanisms of government for their uh, interests. In favor of their business. That's the truth. We can get into detail on it some other time. But uh, so he goes on. He says either way, they're both conservative views, right? And wouldn't you make your libertarian deregulatory views? Wouldn't that make your libertarian deregulatory views liberal? Isn't free market theory a neoliberal creation? Well, the answer is that yes, libertarianism in its classic form, and when I say that, I mean uh, is the kind of the uh, the old school libertarianism of. The idea of libertarianism is that you don't aggress against your neighbors, that you don't advocate the use of force or aggression to achieve your your goals in life. And that is also known as a classical liberal. Um, So I guess way back in the day before the current definition of liberal came about, uh, the old original definition was indeed a very, very libertarian uh, definition. So he is correct about that. Whether you can regain the right. term liberal is a whole other story.
2: Right. This is a, a crusade to regain the term liberal as a hobby. And I think uh, – As he said, he's it's, it's really more of a discussion between him and
0: some friends. Right. It, there's no I, other way you're going to be able to to achieve anything with I this. think
2: it's going to be a fruitless one. Um, and I'm of the opinion that uh, your time could be spent far, far, far better by using terms that people understand today. Uh, For instance, the term villain um, in its archaic uh, usage refers to somebody of low means. I dare you to go to the ghetto and start calling people villains. You're not going to, you know, there's no reason to use the archaic of a word when there's a current word that means the same thing. Confuse the crap out of people. Have them uh, have them to create biases in their minds before you have a chance to tear those biases. You know, why?
0: What's the point? Yeah, what's your reward for re- for rescuing the word liberal?
10: Yeah, I think it's more important to ask what does that mean to the person and let them try and define it and realize that they're just taking, you know, what everybody's told them they've always been. Oh, my parents were a liberal, so therefore I must be liberal. Or they they don't really know what it means. They don't really know where it drills into. And, and when it comes to actually doing things, what does that mean? What does that term Make up.
2: Well, liberal basically these days
0: in the United States means socialist, but you know, I. Well, liberal liberal can mean uh for, to somebody that cons- that stylizes themselves as a conservative and whatever that means that's a whole other issue. But uh, to somebody that's a, like a Rush Limbaugh listener, Kool Aid drinker kind of conservative, whatever Rush says goes. Anybody who's not like them is a liberal. That right. much is true. Even if th- th- it's meaningless, I mean, the the term liberal and conservative don't really have a real meaning because they mean something slightly different to everybody that's right. using and if, them. And if
2: Rasmussen calls you up on the phone to do a poll. Do you really want to answer the question that you are a liberal to them? Because I'll tell you, when you get the multiple choice uh, uh, question, are you conservative, moderate, or liberal, they're not going to assume that when you, when you talk to a college kid who's taking your information, you explain plain to him in detail what a classical liberal is. They're not going to uh, write that stuff down. They're
10: just going to say liberal. I heard a lot from you know, very smart people in the corporate world. They would tell me that they are socially uh socially liberal and fiscally conservative mm-hmm. so they want all the big government programs and health care and uh, you know all of these rights and so forth and the government doing all these things to help the poor people they just don't want to pay for it they want a balanced budget at the same time and it, they just i don't even think they really think about these things and really understand Well
0: this. being socially liberal is uh, and fiscally conservative is another way to to put the concept of libertarianism
2: right but that's, again, How, that's Uh, Well, uh, socially liberal would mean that I think that it's okay for
0: gay Gay people people to get get married in the the
2: church of their choice or to, uh, you know, uh, marijuana uh, people to be able to gamble if that's what they wish to do or to smoke marijuana on your own body. These social issues Um, when you're talking about big government programs they may be fiscally conservative in the part that they like low taxes however they aren't uh fiscally conservative in the part th- in the idea that they want the government to stay the heck out of uh you know growing programs what they are is low tax high spend liberals
0: so hmm. he's got more here um so yeah i don't think that mike you, you're going to have success at rescuing the term liberal in the same way that i don't want to try to rescue the term libertarian I'll still use it just because out of old habit these days, but I don't really identify myself with that anymore because so many people have come under the big tent of the uh, libertarian label now. It's just gotten very, very large to where people that I would never have qualified as libertarian are calling themselves it. And since those folks have decided to start adopting that label for themselves, I've decided to junk it and uh, and move on. For me to try to fight to win back the, the term libertarian would again be as fruitless, if not uh, slightly less fruitless, than trying to win back liberal.
2: I feel disingenuous if somebody asks, are you a libertarian, to tell them no. I, I, you know, I basically have to say, well, I don't like that term for myself, but uh, but yes.
0: At one time I would have described myself that way is how I would answer that, but now I describe myself as a voluntarist. We'll get more uh, from Mike here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam and Mark, you can join us online at freetalklive dot com. We give you the features there, free, including the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just sound out and update. Uh, Just a few hours ago, actually, updates.freetalklive.com is the way to get on the list for free. We announced our brand-new uh, affiliate, which we'll be saying hello to on Saturday night. Uh, i got a brand-new station in Anniston, Alabama, WDNG down there. So that's one of those things you'll find out if you're on the, uh, the updates list. Uh, you'll get the latest at updates.freetalklive.com.
2: The newest graphic novel just out from Big Head Press is Odysseus the Rebel. And, man, it's not your daddy's odyssey. This Odysseus defies the ancient gods with every fiber of his being and an unyielding hunger for personal freedom. Get it now for $12.95 from your local comic shop or Amazon.freetalklive.com. That's Odysseus the Rebel. All
0: right, 800-259-9231. We're in the midst of an email from a relatively new listener. He's got some questions for us, so uh, we will continue. He says, it's Mike, he says, I've just finished the podcast where you've discussed the gold-silver standard." Your discussion left me with some important questions. You mentioned that people in your area have traded in silver recently. Somebody bought a gun with silver, you said. Wouldn't this transaction have to be converted to dollars if done today? I don't really understand that question. Uh, he says, "I what mean, mean it. converted like
2: in the person's mind to dollars. I, I, I think that's yeah, you know, probably. Maybe. Yes, if I were selling a gun, I would know what that gun is worth in in, in to my mind right. in dollars, and I would then uh, know what silver is worth in dollars, right. and I would then decide how much silver I would be willing to trade for the gun, and I would do all that." Figuring in dollars but you don't have to convert anything into dollars in order
0: to do it he says I meant uh, he says I mean an ounce of silver has a conversion factor to dollars okay uh, and since you actually put a question mark there and since you can and since you can buy silver for this fixed amount doesn't the dollars value directly fluctuate with the value of silver yes. I think that's what he's asking. Does the dot wait. Does the dollar's value fluctuate with the value of silver? Well, the, the the value of an ounce of silver fluctuates on a daily basis. Right, based on the value of uh the amount of silver that's yeah. out there and there's so a lot of different factors that that roll into the but price. But what of you're silver. calling
2: a dollar is not in fact a dollar. A dollar is a uh, is a term ...for a measurement of silver at one point, too. So you have to remember that all now you're this talking about, Now you're talking about
0: winning back the uh, the, the, the term dollar right. from what it used to be. <laughs> well, this
2: guy likes archaic terms. Yeah. Might as well get, throw it out there. Take a look. Uh, it's
0: from the Dutch. So, yes, the value of silver does fluctuate uh, on a daily basis, and it's valued, at least in our society, on in Federal Reserve notes. So that's all true. He goes on to ask, how is any of this different from a silver-backed currency? He says, I get it. In a closed economic system, I just have a hard time believing that the guy selling the gun didn't convert the weight of the other guy's silver to its dollar equivalent. Yeah, he probably did. Why does that matter? Uh, I under He's new to this, I guess. Okay. I understand your issue with the Fed printing of money. I understand inflation. But how would you regulate the exploration for new silver?
2: wouldn 't a large oh, come on dis- the, the exploration of new silver is your is your concern when it comes to inflation. The Federal Reserve printed nine times as many dollars as they printed uh, the the, uh, the year before last year the, there's never going to be an issue of inflation uh, with silver compared to the fiat currency that we have today
10: I, I think what he 's pointing out though is is the fact that um, the the change in the price of silver from day to day doesn't match up exactly with the dollar and inflation of prices of the items that you would buy in dollars. Silver is mm-hmm. also so, a commodity, certainly. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be some inequality there, and it's, it's tough to do a kind of one-for-one comparison. That may be where he's getting stuck.
0: He says, how would you regulate the exploration for new silver? Wouldn't a large discovery also cause inflation? Creating a new system. Well, only th- remember that new large
2: problems. discovery cost. Yes, um, <laughs> sure, but it's not near the problem of people, rich, powerful men who control the world's economic system, printing money at their leisure in order to uh, reward their friends and punish their enemies. And uh you know, b- being able to fight wars and do whatever they want to do. Yes, it's a the 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 idea of a huge silver vein is certainly it would inflate the currency. But remember, somebody had to invest time and sweat and uh, energy and money in yeah. getting that silver vein. They so just
0: miners down there, and right.
2: So you're you're talking, <laughs> you're talking a tiny tiny fragment of the problem that we currently have. Yes, it would inflate the currency, but. We, we have inflation now, and uh, you know, the, the, the marketplace can handle a certain level of inflation. The problem is yeah. inflation in, in the manner that uh, it's being done today uh, you know, for the benefit of you know, the people that control the monetary system. That's the real problem.
0: And also, um, he's talking about speculative inflation, right? I mean, we know – like you're saying, Mark, we know we have inflation today. We know the Federal Reserve can just print out as much money and increment numbers. They don't even have to print it. They can just increment numbers in a computer system. They don't even spend the money on the paper and the ink. They just enter numbers into a computer. So so we know we have uh, inflation today, and we know it's tremendous, and it's going to just keep getting worse. But what he's talking about is speculative, like, well, what if somebody finds a big uh, mine of silver that's heretofore been untapped? Okay, it's possible – Sure, it's possible, but remember, you've also got checks in a truly value-backed currency system. The checks are, well, there are other options. There are other alternatives. And Maybe you've decided to invest in gold or something else that is, uh, is also scarce. And just because you find new silver, imagine for a moment that you are the person who owns the mine, that you have never found anything in this mine. finally, your guys dig deep enough and they find this huge cache of, uh, of silver down there. What are you going to do with that? Are you just going to loose it all out into the economy at one quick, uh, in one fell swoop? Uh, no, likely not, unless you've been wanting to buy something that you, for whatever reason, couldn't afford as a, a Learjet. as a silver miner. I mean, you're going to have to have some capital in the first place to, to run a mining operation. And wouldn't it make more sense to just kind of trickle that money out? Because then, you know, silver would still have its value. I mean, the, the whole idea that you could come across a cache of silver that large to really have a significant effect on the price of silver is pretty ludicrous. First and foremost, well, but if you did, wouldn't it make more sense to just kind of trickle it out and buy things slowly? That way, you can benefit without um, inflating the money supply all at once. Uh, whereas the government prints out all the money and it just sends it over to its buddies in industry right. and it starts trickling down into the economy. So they spend it all what, at once.
2: What if the people who ran the banks printed money for their own uh, purposes in order to, uh, you know, give their money, give money to their friends in the military? And- industrial complex, fight wars at a whim, uh, b- buy up uh, auto, ma- auto manufacturers uh, to, uh, you know, control the marketplace, to tell insurance companies and uh, drug companies how it is that they can do business. Oh, wait. Oh, that's today. We do that today. I mean, well, we don't, but they <laughs> do. Mean,
10: it
2: it really, I, 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 it, it's, it's really worrying about a problem that is
0: minuscule in comparison to the one that we have today. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope we've, uh, hope we've answered the question. He says, that leads me to what I was just listening to. How isn't voluntarism communism? What is the currency in voluntarism? We better start with the first question. How isn't voluntarism or voluntarism uh, communism? Anyone want to field that? I'm not a voluntarist.
10: Uh, but basically, a voluntarist believes that all interactions should be voluntary in nature. If somebody's coming and taking the produce of my labor or the, the things that I own and giving them back and redistributing my wealth to other folks, That's not voluntary. Well, if they have your permission, then
0: uh, and communism isn't inherently a violent system. It's just an idea about how to distribute things and how you know wealth should be distributed. Um, so, if you can get people to engage in communist, communistic behavior on a voluntary basis, the two aren't necessarily incompatible. But his question is, how isn't voluntarism communism? Hmm. Suggesting that voluntarism to him sounds like communism. At least that's the impression I'm getting from that question. Voluntarism, uh, voluntarism doesn't ha- doesn't say anything about economic order. It doesn't say anything about that. It's just a statement about human beings and how they should interact with one another.
2: Well, communism doesn't exist anywhere and never will. No, it doesn't, it doesn't exist it, it, as it is, a system. It is heaven.
0: Well, and wait a minute. Communism doesn't exist as a system over a large uh, swath right. of property. But sure. It my, can wife exist and my
2: wife and I live in a communist, uh, communistic system that uh, sometimes I violate. Uh, but, you know, uh, by and large, you don't have communism over any real... Land mass Correct. area because you simply can't. It's not possible. Communism's heaven. What it, you have is socialism that claims that it wants to evolve into communism, but it never will.
0: But voluntarism isn't a statement about economics. It's just a statement about how humans should interact on a voluntary basis with one another, which means that if you want to join a commune, you can join a commune. But if you want to stay out of communes and you want to just live on your own property and do your own thing and uh, invest capital and whatever the hell it is you want to do, you can do that, too. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. live. you can bring up whatever you want even in these remaining moments. Enough time for your call. If you Make it now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you.
10: And Sam.
0: And Mark. And you can join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. We give you the features on the site, and all we ask for is your voluntary assistance. You can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. That's one great way to help the show out. We'll get a percentage of your purchase if you start your shopping through that link. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, Also, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations. Uh, I mentioned that we've got a brand new station in Alabama that's coming to pick up our Saturday show. They started us over the weekend. What I like to do is confirm that it's actually working before I officially announce it. So I did confirm that today. But I had sent down some satellite hardware to those guys to help get them on board. And that satellite hardware was paid for by the Free Talk Live AMP program. So... Listeners like you, and maybe you are one of the amplifiers, but listeners like you that give three dollars a month are really instrumental in helping get this show on more radio stations and get the ideas of freedom into the ears of new people all around this country and around the world. So please join up at amp.freetalklive.com.
2: Sickle CAI has a full orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. Sickle knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment that money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. And you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. That's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, Sickle CAI.
0: All right, so I'm going to continue here with Mike's email. He's brand new to the show, and his questions reveal that he's definitely pretty, uh, pretty new to some of these ideas. He's had questions about uh, the idea of this essentially value-backed money as opposed to the Federal Reserve notes. You know, uh, why it is that that's so much better. I think that it's,
2: um, you know, it's it's good. It's a good rule for us to um, to to think about guys like Mike who have not listened to the show before, and and you know, just to remember to review things.
0: Sure. I think we do that fairly well. Whenever an issue comes up, we uh, we recap it. And if we don't, hold our feet to the fire and uh, let us know if we've messed up. But anyway, he's talking about voluntarism now, which is something that I happen to uh, be a believer in. I consider myself a voluntarist. And to me, that means that I believe that human beings should interact with one another on a completely consensual basis, on a voluntary basis. Um, And I think that that's how most human beings interact. I think that 99% of uh, what goes on in general between person to person is voluntary. There are exceptions to that, and those exceptions tend to be government. Uh, related now, they are the occasional private criminals like uh, we were talking about earlier. Somebody robbed a store at knife point recently uh, to get themselves some hydrocodone or Percocet or something like that. But of course, one can point out that the only reason the robbery likely happened is because of the government's war on drugs in the first place. So uh, the government is really one of the major sources of aggression in our world today. And if if the government were to stop aggressing, if the government were to just start doing business on a voluntary basis, like we do here on Free Talk Live, we can't force you to buy advertisements. We have to convince you uh, to buying advertisements on the show. Unlike NPR, which,
2: you know, you're forced to pay for NPR. I think it's it's great radio, but
0: that doesn't change the fact that it's still forced. We can't force you to join the Free Talk Live AMP program. We have to persuade you to join the Free Talk Live AMP program. So the voluntarist position essentially says that all human relationships should be based on these sorts of interactions, voluntary interactions. And so Mike's questions are about this. He says... Well, how isn't voluntarism communism? As I pointed out, voluntarism is all about humans interacting on a voluntary basis. It says nothing about how they will handle their money or what sort of economic agreements they will enter into. As long as your agreements are voluntary, they're okay by the voluntaryist system. So that includes the people that want to live on a commune. I, for one, do not. I've, been in a, I've visited a commune before, and that was enough for me. Uh, but he goes on. He says, what's the currency in voluntarism? Well, the
2: currency is whatever whatever. people would want to voluntarily exchange between other people. I suspect that it will be the currency that has been used throughout history and that currency is gold or silver. However, there have been some uh, marked instances of voluntary uses of a fiat currency tally sticks are a are a great example, but they are certainly a deviation from the norm. By and large people want to have the, the you know what they have in their hands and gold mm-hmm. and silver are great methods. Very universal. Yeah, they're great methods for transferring wealth right there on the spot. And, you know, some people may want to use banknotes where the gold or silver is, uh, you know, s- saved in banks. But, I, you know, it, it requires people checking up to make sure that the banks aren't uh, swindling people, too. That's true. and That's maybe- how we got fiat currency in the first place.
10: Well, but that's where competition comes in. In the absence of, of government, you probably would not have a single currency that everybody uses. You would have various uh, competing currencies that have some have the market will figure out some way to uh, let these you know to create exchange rates between them, and one may be backed by gold and silver, another may be backed by oil uh you know who knows what the commodity could be, but right. uh, you'd have far better protection than anything that you can get out of a federal reserve that is backed by nothing
0: you'd have competition in the area of currency, yep, so that's the answer. What's the currency depends on what the market decides. And the market will likely decide on a number of things. It's like asking, you know, what what comp- what kind of jeans will everyone wear? Oh, well, there are a lot of different kinds of jeans out there. The market has decided that there should be, you know, skinny jeans and uh, boyfriend jeans and they've got all kinds the of heck names is a and, boyfriend and styles. I don't know. Go to this <laughs> go to I've gone je- jean shopping with Julia and there's all these different names for the different styles of jeans out there. There's so many different styles. You got the ones with the rips in them and the the washed out look and you know, the marketplace wants a lot of different things and it gets it. Yeah. generally. Uh, as long as the government is in the way with their damn uh, fiat currency and uh, forcing everybody to, to take it uh, through legal tender laws.
2: I can tell you it's not married men that are worried about all the different gene styles.
0: Happiness. He says, What is the, uh, this is the question right after, what is the currency in voluntarism? Happiness. How do you quantify happiness? Uh, he says, I, can't, I can agree that capitalism can be a horrible system, but with the appropriate regulation slash caps, at least the capitalist system puts incentives on success and innovation. Success and innovation have nothing to do with regulation. In fact, regulation prohibits success and innovation. You, you don't get innovation through regulation. You get well, a restricted marketplace.
2: There's all kinds of regulation. There would be all, all kinds of regulation in a voluntary society. As you've said many, many times, don't forget that there would be voluntary regulation. I don't know if regulation's the right term for that, uh, but it, it, maybe it, it regu- is. Standards, bodies. Right. All these. uh, I mean, (laughs) people want to know what they're getting for their money and organizations like Consumer Reports um, and, you know, and and Zagats and many other, uh, you know, bodies out there currently regulate or rate or license or whatever term you wish to use people who are in a particular
0: industry. The toll-free number here: eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Now, a couple of the the remaining questions are really kind of based on his misunderstanding of voluntarism, because he he thought, for whatever reason, it's communism and it's and it's not. Uh, but I'll go ahead and read the, the rest of it here. He says that, uh, so the, where is the incentive on voluntarism and communism? These systems put incentives on existence. I volunteer to be a silver miner. The the remaining three sentences just don't make sense uh, to, to me. And, and even in the context of, of what he was asking before, it it just doesn't make sense. You can go and mine silver if you want, but the other person has to give you a job because it's a completely voluntary relationship. Uh, in the same way that jobs are voluntary today, you Go in and apply, and the business owner decides if you are worthy of, uh, you know, worthy applicant, and decides to to give you the job. Um, it's not that you're volunteering or you're mining silver. On a voluntary basis, in that it's free, in that you're volunteer labor, that's not the suggestion, and that's one of the big problems with the voluntarism term is it's very confusing to people. Uh, he's confused for whatever reason to thinking it's communism, and I think we've clarified that it's not at all. But right. some maybe, people,
2: well, I guess communism and volunt if you were doing everything voluntarily, then that would be communal. Then that would be communal. So I guess Good maybe point. he has got, got that idea that voluntarism has to do with volunteering. You've just made that click for me, Mark. I see where uh, where you're. Yeah, coming now from. I'm, I'm I'm beginning to get where he's coming from too. I didn't get it either. No, voluntarism doesn't mean that you have to volunteer to do things. No. Because if you have to volunteer, you're not it's you're not it's not volunteering. Then that's just forced conscribed labor. Well, it also, and it doesn't mean that it requires people to volunteer to do anything. All it means is that people interact in a voluntary fashion. Meaning which means a, that the removal if, of coercion. If I wish to employ Ian to do uh, you know, computer work at my home, I voluntarily give him money and he
0: voluntarily chooses to. We enter into agreement right. that doesn't There's involve coercion. There's no government coercion. body
2: out there that says, he's not qualified, we're going to stop him, and if he doesn't stop, we're going to send our guys with guns to involuntarily drag him away. That is the difference between voluntarism and uh, non-consensualism
0: and consensual is all consensualist is also a confusing term because it could have to do with uh sensualism and uh, and it can be it can be confusing to people as well like instead of people looking at the term consensualist and thinking oh well, that's something based on consent they'll think it has to do with sensual and touching or something
2: but like i would that. rather people be somewhat confused about uh you know voluntarism than uh, to, to to you know use some term like anarchist capitalist, anarchist yeah. Voluntarism
10: is easy to explain. It's a simple answer, and people tend to get it right away. That's why I prefer
2: libertarian, because people, by and large, know what it means. No, they don't. No, they
10: don't.
0: (laughs) I've done outreach booths, and they do not know. All right. uh, We'll see you tomorrow night. uh, Online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com.